The day is over, but the night has just begun. This is WTMJ Nights, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Here's your host, Brian Noonan. Good evening. Welcome to another week of WTMJ Nights. This is oh, we've got shows every night this week. It's crazy. The Bucks are on the West Coast. As you heard Wyatt said, they are in Portland. We'll uh, cover that all at 8.30. All the action uh, from tip-off to the end of the game. And then Bucks talk. Oh, man, we got all your Bucks action coming up at 8.30. We are here tonight, though, at uh, Big Show. want you to get involved. I'm just going to talk in f- sentence fragments now. No, that's not true. 855-616-1620. That's the Old National Bank talk and text line. Old National Bank, get old. If you decide to call in, we'd love to hear from you. When you do, you'll be talking to Tommy. He's executive producing the big broadcast. You know the drill. If you're nice to him, you get to me. That's the way it goes. Here's our text question of the night. The Grammys were last night. In light of that, do you follow new music? If not, when did your musical tastes stop? What decade? So in light of the Grammys being last night, are you an avid follower of new music? Or did your music stop at some point? Your search for new music, and what is it? 855-616-1620. That's the old National Bank talk text line. All right, Tommy, how are you? Here we go. Another week. Every night we're going to be busting it out Uh you, you up for that? You feel good? Oh, yeah. Yeah, ready to do it. <laughs> I was actually feeling All right, a little I, I, bit I'm, sicker last week. I think I had a sore throat, and I'm feeling a lot better this week, so much more eager to attack good. that. Good, because I'm going to then you can uh, you can carry the water. I've, I'm getting... Uh, I'm getting sick. I'm feeling kind of, uh, and it's, I know it's because of these first graders, because if you're, I, I teach during the day and I'm teaching first grade now. Right. And if you've ever been around little kids, you know, uh, and, and I say this with love because I was a little kid. Uh, my daughter was once a little kid. I have friends who have little kids. Little kids are disgusting. Yeah. And little kids in a close environment are probably uh, I would equate them with patient zero. They're like the monkey in Outbreak. Just a bunch they of are walking the petri of, dishes. Yeah, for sure. Tommy, they are sprinklers of viruses, and it's just awful. Awful. I've actually, and I know this is going to make some people, uh, you know, a little antsy. I put a mask on today in school. I wasn't, I, I'm seeing kids literally sneeze and cough and big chunks of stuff if you're eating i apologize a lot of there's just a lot of uh, the, the fluids coming out of these children and i felt myself getting sick this weekend and i'm like oh no so for their protection and mine i put the mask on today it was very weird fair enough um yeah you know did you do anything fun this weekend now that you're feeling better uh, I was working a lot. Uh, I'm on a streak that ends on Thursday of like two and a half straight weeks of work between the two places. So just keeping wow. it going. Look at you. You're like the Cal Ripken of uh, the hustle. Iron Very Man nice. over here. Yeah. You are an Iron Man. I hope, uh, I hope unlike Iron Man, you don't have to put some uh, crazy valve on your heart. No, that would suck. That would suck. Unless I got so the fly. Want that. <laughs> Very good. Well, we're here. Uh, are you in? Are listen? Are you invested in the Powerball? Are you asking me? I'm asking you. I know you are, but I'm not. No, I, I oh, have not invested. 
This is how invested I am. I screwed up today. Oh, so, no. Yet, oh, sometimes, sometimes I worry about myself. Sometimes my daughter says to me, I'm worried that you're, you know, you're not thinking straight all the time. Most of it is just I don't pay attention because I, <laughs> I just think things aren't important, so I tune them out. So I was doing some stuff yesterday for the show. I'm looking at looking for stuff, and then today, and I see this thing about Powerball growing to 747 million. And you know that's about when I start paying attention when we right. get into those big high three digit millions. Sure, that's when my whistle gets whetted. Um, so I'm like, oh, I got to remember to get some uh, tickets today. And I say to my wife, I'm stopping for tickets on the way home. And I do. I stop at my local uh, 7-Eleven. I'm getting some tickets. I actually scan a ticket. It's a $2 winner. I'm feeling good. The problem is I bought Mega Millions tickets. Oh, no. That's tomorrow <laughs> for a paltry $37 million. Uh, Well, hopefully you win that small amount then. Well, do you think I actually, do you think I let this go? No way. No, you... I realized my mistake, and I ran downstairs, and I said to my wife, I screwed up. I need you to run over. Because the gas station is like three blocks from uh, from the house. There's a gas station that sells tickets. Sure. So I was like, can you go, please, as, when you're done work? Because she's working from home today. So can you go and get the, the Powerball tickets? So now I'm invested not only in tonight's Powerball, but in tomorrow's Mega Millions, which I hadn't planned on, and that may be the... That may be the thing that kicks it over, that I wasn't even planning on doing it, and now I'm in, and, uh, you know, that may be the thing. Okay. I'm, I'm rooting for you both nights. I don't, Are you liking I don't, this I don't like logic? your chances. No, I, in this, fact, I that... Don't like, <laughs> that... I don't like my chances either. Except I've been racking up a lot of $2 winners lately. Okay. So, so <laughs> did you buy your new tickets with the $2 winners at least? I did. I used uh, okay. I used some of the two dollar winners to buy my uh, ill fated Mega Millions tickets, which is tomorrow. Uh, I had to, my wife had she had she said, "Well, I don't have cash." I said, "Well, I have a ten, so just take the ten and go, <laughs> run over, run over and grab us a few." How do I know tickets. that you win? You're not going to tell me, right? You're just not going to show up at six o'clock one night. Oh no, I'll show up, but I told you one day you'll just get a check. Okay. Yeah. One day you'll just find a little envelope at the station, and you'll open it up. There'll be no note, but you'll know. If anybody, if you ever just get a mysterious check, you'll know it's from me. I'm okay and with that, too. And then once I have the money and I start doing stuff like that, then I disappear. Right. Then nobody finds me. I but would until do the then, same. I keep, I'm like Joe Lunchbox. I just keep punching the clock, doing the job, moving along. Get her done. I, oh, come on, Larry the Cable Guy. I knew him before he was Larry the Cable Guy. Larry? No, his name's Dan. Oh, I did not know that. <laughs> yes, his real name is his real name is Dan Whitney. Well, it feels he like you're just outing him on comic. the radio right here. No, I don't think I don't think it's a uh, I don't think it's a big secret. I'm sure if you Google Larry the Cable Guy, it'll come up formerly known as Dan Whitney. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, he started doing that as a character on some. Radio shows in the South, and because he's from Omaha, boy, I've got a lot of knowledge. Doesn't seem that See, far that way south. You know I'm not just, what's oh, that? I said I would, I, that doesn't seem that far south. I would have thought he was from even more south. 
That's why it's such a clever gimmick. But all the shows he was do doing little hits on were down in, you know, Florida, Carolinas, Georgia. Okay. That area. Where a guy in a sleeveless shirt talking about getting her done. It's going to be huge. Nice guy, though, Larry. Dan. Dan. Whoever he is. Larry. Yeah. All right, we got, uh, we're got. we going to get to this. I just want to throw out a little uh, one of the replies to the text question of the night, which is, with the Grammys being last night, are you constantly looking for new music, or did your musical taste stop at a certain point? And I realize that mine have. Uh, this one from the 414 is a huge Harry Styles fan. I think uh, he was extremely nervous in last night's performance. He was not his usual energetic self. I also think the rotating disc threw him off and that he had to stand on. He totally deserved album of the year, though. Oh, we're going to get into that. That is a big controversy. Big controversy. But first, we're going to take a quick break, and then we must talk about the uh, bigger story over the weekend. We're shooting at balloons with jets, and that's cool. We'll talk about it after this. WTMJ. Right, We're back at WTMJ Nights. I feel safer today. I'm sure you do too, because as you know, we sent a military jet to blow that Chinese balloon out of the air. Do you think it was a spy balloon or a weather balloon? Well, everybody says it was a spy balloon. I don't put it past uh, China. China, of course, says it now. It just got off course. It was, you know, it was just a weather balloon just drifting along, and suddenly it got lost, and then. You know, you blew it out of the sky. You've overreacted. There's a lot of discussion now about, well, there was a lot of discussion last week about whether it should have been shot down right away. And when the military, when everybody from the military says, no, if you shoot it down, there's a good chance something horrible could happen to people on the ground. I tend to believe them. And now all of that talk has been backed up because if you've been following this since they shot it down on Saturday, um, it was the debris field is covering like seven miles. It's an unbelievable amount of debris that they're going through. It's only in 47 feet of water, which they say is good because it's making the recovery fairly easy, but we still can't find the uh, the actual... They called it the rectangular square, the three-bus-length square of stuff that's supposedly um, been collecting all that data. Now we find out there's another balloon. This one's over Latin America. That also belongs to China and was used uh, for flight tests. So the foreign ministry, of course, of China is saying, no, 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 it's not. Uh, well, okay, it is. They've admitted that the balloon spotted over the Latin American countries is theirs, but they're just saying, again, it's not really a spying balloon. It's just a balloon that, quote, unquote, seriously deviated from its planned course. Do you think that we waited too long? I say absolutely not, but... You know, there's a there, there's really nothing. I I know that when we hear politicians in the military speak, we are all rightfully a little bit suspicious of their message. We take it with a grain of salt, if not an entire salt lick. But this seems seems to make sense, especially now that over the weekend we find out there were three of these balloons that came over during the Trump administration. And according to, 
the people who are supposed to be watching this, they're like, well, we just kind of missed it. And so this should be fine. How do, how do we miss it? How do we, how do we not know that these balloons are coming? Um, so China has doubled down. They're saying uh, that there is, they are now in a fury over our reaction. They're saying, that, quote, the U.S. used force to attack our civilian unmanned airship, which is an obvious overreaction. No, it's not. It was in our airspace, and it shouldn't have been. Uh, we expressed solemn protest against his move by the U.S. side. Okay, cool. And uh, the foreign ministry has accused the U.S. of overreacting, seriously violating international practice, and they have uh, repeatedly informed us that the airship was for civilian use and entered the U.S. due to force majeure completely by accident. Well, you know what? Sorry, if it's unmanned and it's just a weather balloon, you won't have any trouble launching another one. If you're getting that feisty about us uh, shooting it down, well, then that kind of confirms what everybody thought, that this was actually you, China, trying to spy on us. So as of last Wednesday, you remember this, we were talking about it when it happened. The president was given all these different options. Military leadership said, no, don't. Even though the president had said to shoot it down last Wednesday, uh, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin told uh, the president that, no, the risks were too high. By Friday, they had a plan to shoot down the balloon. It was presented again to the president while he was in Wilmington. Uh, he approved of the plan for Saturday because by then it was going to be drifting offshore and at about 1.30 Eastern time, the FAA instituted a no uh, one of the largest restricted airspace things so they could get it shot down. There was a temporary flight restriction, which, of course, if you heard uh, some people on Saturday or Sunday on certain political programs spouting off talking points, oh, my goodness, this was all done uh, because we were being spied on. No, it was being done because... We were finally doing what you've wanted. We were shooting down the balloon. So fighter just shot down the balloon uh, over the Atlantic Ocean. That was fine. Everything's good. But, uh, you know, I, I don't feel safer. I don't feel safer because, let's be honest, there's satellites up there. There's all kinds of things. We know China is uh, looking at us all the time. Yep, should it... Al says, should have shot it down before it was overpopulated areas. Well, we didn't know it was here until it got to Alaska. And then, you know, there's a good chance you're going to take out a lot of stuff on the ground. Uh, 269, also, they should have shot it down when it was over the Aleutian Islands. Almost zero chance of hitting anyone on the ground. I was in the military for 37 years. If I had to say, this would not happen on my watch. Again, it was the military who was advising the president not to shoot it down. So if you have a beef, you know, we all want we all want presidents. If you remember the last administration, people were screaming, why doesn't he listen to his advisors? He thinks he knows more. Well, this president said, I want to shoot it down right now. And nope, we're going to wait. Guy has been hanging on. He's in West Dallas. Hi, Guy. Or Greg. Hi, Greg. Yes. Hi. Hey, uh, I disagree with a lot of things you're saying. First of all, with the leaders in technology that uh, China seems to have, uh, how do you know that, you know, it's not a spy satellite? I think any intrusion over our airspace should be highly guarded. 
Secondly, yeah, I, I didn't I say use... I didn't say it wasn't a spy. I didn't say it wasn't a spy thing. I said China said it's a weather balloon, and I didn't believe it. Well, uh, I, uh, also, I just wanted to interject here. On tonight's news, it said that uh, during the Trump administration, the problem is with those balloons, they never entered the airspace of the United States. It was off the coast. So even though it wasn't reported, you know, don't insinuate that uh, all that happened during Trump's administration also. Because well, that's not I'm accurate. just saying that. Uh, oh, hold on, hold on, Greg. So you've already you've already said that I said something I didn't, and now you're claiming that I'm trying to blame everything on Trump. Uh, according to the military, three other suspected Chinese spy balloons were over the continental United States. They were undetected under the Trump administration. That from the Pentagon today. Uh, NORAD, as a NORAD commander, they said. Their responsibility was to know what was happening, and it did not happen. So, Greg, I appreciate the call, but I'm not going to let you go unchecked saying that I said things I didn't say and all that. All right, we got to take a quick break. Then there's more. It's WTMJ Nights. All right, a couple minutes left before the news. I just want to clarify this for our last caller, Greg, who thought I was blaming, quote, don't blame everything on Trump. I wasn't blaming everything on Trump. I was saying it is a fact, according to General Glenn Van Reck, who is the commander of U.S. Northern Command and the North American Aerospace Defense Command, that they missed three balloons during the Trump administration. That's it. He called it a domain awareness gap that we have to figure out, but I don't want to go into further detail, end quote. So that's the, that's the boss of NORAD uh, saying, yeah, they got over us. We missed three. Um, so this is definitely a pattern with China, and we did the right thing to blow it up, shoot it down, and I think waiting until it wasn't over land was the right decision. You know, if the military is saying, no, what's up there is not a, a big threat, we want to wait till everybody's out of the way, well then, guess what? That's what we do. Oh, man, all right, we we skirted around it. It's the subject of the text question of the night, which is, are you a new follower of music, or did your musical taste stop at a certain time? 855-616-1620. Of course, that's the old National Bank talking text line. We're going to talk a little Grammys on the other side of the news, which happens right now because in the WTMJ 24-Hour News Center, Wyatt Barmore-Pooley is waiting patiently. It's Brian Noonan, our text question of the night. We're going to talk about this now, but... With the Grammys being last night, are you someone who searches out new music? If not, when did music stop for you? When did you think, eh, I've had enough? Tommy, did you watch any of the Grammys last night? Uh, no, I did not watch the Grammys. I did not either. I've watched some highlights today. I watched some reports on it. I've obviously read a bunch about it, but I have, this, I have to say it. I don't watch the Grammys anymore because... One, it makes me feel very, very old and out of touch. And two, I'm not interested really in a lot of the new artists. To and be I'm fair, not saying I don't know if I really ever was into the award show vibes ever. Yeah. I, you know, I kind I know you're a big fan or were, were a big fan of the Oscars and the Globes. Back, yes, a while but ago. I don't know if I really ever watched the Grammys. No, I mean, I. 
I don't remember it being a show that, like the Oscars, I, it was a big deal. The Grammys are like, oh yeah, the Grammys are on. And even when there were bands nominated that I liked, you know, back back when I was more consuming more new music, you know, up through you know early '90s, uh, I I never. Oh, we got all these big groups performing. Yeah, well, most of them are lip singing, so that's not fun. And I, I don't know. It never really got to me. Now, I know some people, man, they can't get enough. They're constantly pursuing new music. They are always in touch with new music. And I wonder if that's, it seems to me it's, I used to think it was just people who are young, but now I have friends who are late 30s, early 40s. They're still trying to consume new music all the time. So I don't know where the where the difference is. A uh, couple of reactions to the text question of the night uh, for the, uh, the thing. 70s and 80s music was great since then. Well, not so good. Might just be because I'm getting old. That from the 269. That's, see, that's what I start to feel too. I'm an avid follower of new music. This is from Taylor in River Hills. Uh, that doesn't mean I have to like it all. I like Billie Eilish and Olivia Rodrigo. Let's not forget Beyonce, Taylor Swift, Harry Styles are not new. I guess my favorite new is Lizzo. I'm 54, and to me, the world of music did not stop in the 80s or with grunge in the 90s. Mumble rap is horrible. All right, there's somebody who's still searching it out. Uh, Al says, simple answer, good music stopped in 1988. Doug, I quit looking for music in the late 90s. Nothing stuck out for me. Bring back the 80s. Yeah, yeah, we say that now, but you go back and listen to some of the stuff that came out in the 80s with, and it's like, oh boy, why were we into this? You know, you've got all this synthesizer stuff. It just, I don't know. I've never, I've always enjoyed music. But saying that, I don't go out and look for it. Like, I didn't know or care that Beyonce set a record now for having the most Grammys ever. And when I say this, it's not, I'm not a hater. I don't listen to Beyonce. You know, so she may be the greatest thing in music history. But I don't know. And I don't actively avoid this new, this new music. But... I said the other day, my daughter wanted to listen to Taylor Swift when we were driving uh, home on a road trip in January. And I put it on, and I knew a lot of Taylor Swift's old stuff, but I didn't know a lot of the new stuff, and I, it was very nice. It was fine. If somebody comes up to me and says, here, listen to this, okay, I'll listen to it for a minute. Uh, if I like it, I like it. If I don't, I like, uh, you know, I like all kinds. But there's something about the Grammys. I'm like, ugh. Now, I, I do wish... Well, I, I watch it online. The, I heard the uh, the salute to hip hop. The fifty years of hip hop was really good. And as they were reading off a lot of the people who were in there, I was like, "Oh yeah, I know a lot of these guys." And the ratings were very good. But uh, you know, uh, I don't I don't have any FOMO. So the yeah, one I I as well did not watch yesterday. But yes. I'm looking at a list of the nominees and the award winners right now. Right. And I I wouldn't have guessed this, but I really don't recognize many of the pop artists that were nominated. Yeah. I, I mean, 10%, seriously, 20%, maybe, it, it tops. One of every five. I'm like, oh, I, okay, I've heard of them. 
when you get to the rap in the country, I, I have heard of most of these ones, and okay. I feel still in tune with that. I mean, your your boy Willie Nelson won Best Country Album still this year. Even. I know, and uh, Willie's uh, about one hundred and seventy two years old. Right, that's what I mean. You and, know, and then nothing after, but respect. But... A- after those two categories, I mean, I am useless i feel like i i really and i didn't know i was this out of touch with music i guess from this year but no absolutely none i'm gonna read the the i'm going to read the nominees and the winner for best new artist i don't know these these people could be sitting on my lap right now while i'm doing the show and i would have no idea who they are anita or anita omar apollo domi and jd beck Muni Long, Samara Joy, Lotto or Lado, Maniskin, Toby, mm, mm, uh, I don't know how to say Toby's last name, Molly Tuttle, and Wet Leg. Those were the nominees for Best New Artist. Right. I believe so, I've heard of Omar Apollo. I might have one of those songs, but I agree. I don't know any of the other ones. Are you thinking of Apollo Ono, the speed skater no, from the Olympics? No, not the speed skater. No, All right. no opposite of that. <laughs> Different. All right. I, I'll look. I'll verify. Maybe I'll bump <laughs> okay, back with him. Okay, please do. Yeah, bump back with some of them. Um, Samara Joy won. I don't know for what. I know Adele. She won Best Pop Solo Performance. I was like, oh, okay. I know who Adele is, and I've heard of Bad Bunny and Doja Cat, and who hasn't heard of Lizzo and Harry Styles? I don't know. I don't know one song that Lizzo does or one song that Harry Styles does, but I'm acutely aware of their existence and their popularity. It doesn't, and but I have to say, uh, I don't know what Lizzo was wearing last night, and I, I'm not trying to shame her. She had on this big orange thing. It was like a cape coat hood ensemble. All you could see was her little face. This whole thing was just this giant orange thing coming at you that looked like flowers and stuff was growing out of it. It was one of the craziest uh, craziest outfit I ever seen. I saw ABBA a lot on the list. I knew ABBA. I think it's the same ABBA as before, right? I don't know ABBA. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Well, that's I you know why I know ABBA? Cuz it uh, they were responsible for one of the worst nights of my life at uh the theater. Okay. Because my I, I remember Dancing Queen and all those songs and if you hear just the song, they're catchy and they're fun. My wife made me go see uh, Mama Mia. We were in Vegas, and it was my wife's birthday. So you got to do it. Right. Uh, I was so angry at the end of that performance. Thankfully, they did like a five-song just performance of songs at the end because I left there, and, my, and I wasn't saying anything. I, and my wife was like, how'd you like it? I said, well, they stole two hours from me. And I'm never going to get it back. It was the worst thing I had ever seen. And I blame ABBA. Not the people who wrote the play. I blame ABBA. But, you know, that's just it's me holding a grudge, Tommy. I do that. I, I still hold that. a grudge against uh, Daryl Hall and John Oates. Because in, in 1985, I saw them, and they didn't play Sarah Smile. So that's it. I've held a grudge ever since. I can also so what say I'm this is, is not the Omar Apollo I was thinking of, so I know none not? of them as well. No, none of them. <laughs> okay, good. Who was who was the Omar Apollo? You? How many Omar Apollos no, are no, there? No, just totally had the name wrong. Okay. Didn't have it. I, I, it I'll wasn't... admit it. I'll admit it when I was wrong. I did not know. I none of them. All right. No, none of them. 
Okay, good. <laughs> I'm dying to know who you thought you were thinking of. I I don't know. I don't know. I'm out. I'm I'm lost too now with this. I, I'm out of touch. I, I guess not by choice. Yeah. I guess, but by just happened See, to I me. I expected you to be. You know, you're just out of college. I figured you were into the music scene, but. You're in the radio scene. Yeah, I guess. And talk, talk radio. Stations. You're not even. You're yeah. You're not working. You're not working at a top forty station. No. Which well, I'm not okay. I'm not mad about that either. But no, I don't blame you. Now I know all the. I know. I know all the country artists. You know, and I know. Two of the five R and B album nominees. You know, but then I go. Then I go down to the best rock performance. And so happy, Brian Adams. I'm like, where where is this being played? I I haven't heard this, the Brian Adams song. I remember Brian Adams, Summer of '69. Then he got all ballady. Uh, Beck, the Black Keys, Brandy Carlisle, Idols, Ozzy Osbourne featuring Jeff Beck and Turnstile. So I don't know all of them either. I don't know. But here's the big. What was the big takeaway last night? We've got to get into it. Somebody was not happy to be at the Grammys. Talk about that for a little bit and so much more. It's WTMJ Nights. Harry Styles bringing it back in his jumpsuit. He was in he was in one of those uh, he's in one of those boy bands, right? Then yeah, he yeah. You got to start on the English version of X Factor with One Direction. One Direction, that is it. Very good. Nice recall, Tommy. Very nice. See, that's how I... Now, I got a text from uh, the 414 saying I was not pronouncing the group ABBA correctly. I may have said ABBA. Uh, so I checked it, and I went to one of those things where a, a soft-spoken British man pronounces words for me. And he said it's ABBA. So ABBA is the correct uh, pronunciation. Uh, let's see... People jumping in on the Grammys and their musical tastes and when it stopped. What I hate more than anything, according to Taylor, are the new ticket prices. Oh, yeah, we've talked about that. We, we've had I want to see Taylor Swift, yep. Billy Joel, Beyonce, Pink, Madonna. Good ticket, not great, is $1,000 for each one. Uh, that's ridiculous. It is. I know Beyonce tickets went on sale today. I didn't hear that uh, anything crashed, so people are good. There have been news reports of people sobbing in their cars like there were for Taylor uh, Taylor Swift. According to Mike in Whitewater, music stopped in the late 80s after Guns N' Roses. Right on. In 262, I like this. Who has time for listening to music? I listen to talk radio. Hey, you got to have a song once in a while. You know, we want you to listen, you know, we want you to listen here all the time. But I get it. You know, maybe you're driving, summertime, the windows are rolled down. Put on some music. Unless you're Ben Affleck, who obviously hates music. Have you seen any of the pictures of him? Oh, man, he looked miserable. He was there with his new bride, old bride, continued bride, J-Lo. Uh, and it looked, <laughs> it looked like he was being held prisoner. He's standing up. They're all standing up at one point. Stevie Wonder is playing, and Stevie was really, really kicking it. I saw this clip of him doing higher ground. He was he was great, and the crowd's going wild, and Ben Affleck looked like he was just leaving a colonoscopy. Uh, he, I don't know what was up with Ben Affleck last night, except you could, except if you go, well, he's like at his wife's work party. 
and he doesn't fit in. He doesn't really know anybody. Uh, you know, there's people wearing crazy outfits. There's, I'm sure Ben Affleck does F Affleck. So people, and you're now you're mispronouncing Ben Affleck's name wrong. Ben Affleck doesn't strike me as a guy who's, you know, out listening to new music all the time. He probably only knows a handful of JLo songs and he's going way back to Jenny on the block. So he looked just, just miserable. And I, I felt kind of bad for him. I like his movies. Um, his last one about uh, something bar was really good. I think he's an okay actor. He seems, you know, he seems like he's cleaned up his act from all from the drinking and everything. So I feel bad that everybody makes everybody continues to make a joke out of Benefleck. Uh, so now they broke the internet again because, boy oh boy, they, he just was not having fun. Just was not. But think about it. Have you ever had to go to a girlfriend's uh, work party, Tommy? You ever had to go somewhere where you don't really know anybody? Sure, but I didn't you get to go me with as being J-Lo, gregarious. So I mean, I I couldn't find a way to be upset about that. That's true. Now, would you? Uh, well, yeah, I guess. I don't know. I I've only gone to a couple of my wife's work things, and they were all both miserable. Just ugh. Because you know the problem is here's the here was the problem for me. My wife talks about these people when she comes home. And a lot of times what she says to me isn't pleasant. You know, if, you're, if your significant other, parent, friend, brother, whatever, they come home and they're telling you about work, most of the time it's what's going wrong at work. So then you meet these people and you go, oh, man, I heard nothing but trash about you. You are. <laughs> you, you sound like a garbage person. But now i got to be friendly because, you know, it's my wife's work. I, I don't know how to handle it. That shocks I would, me. I would think you're one of those guys that becomes pretty personable wherever you are. No. I am I am the opposite. <laughs> I okay. am I, I don't know if I'm ever personable, but people could say yes, you're you know, you seem approachable on the show and when I'm doing uh live performances and stuff, like uh, Friday I did uh, stand up and uh you know, people are like, "Oh, you're so much fun." and blah 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 blah. And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm good when I'm talking to a lot of people. And you get paid for it. Well, no, it's not even that. <laughs> I just, I don't, I, I don't like small talk. I'm very uncomfortable in those situations. Sure. It's, it, it comes off as aloofness, which, well, a little, maybe. Uh, but it also, it's just, I don't do well with, I don't know, I don't know too many people, maybe because I don't talk to that many people. I don't know too many people who really like those kind of social interactions. Some people, and you know, I always associate it with people who are in sales. They can talk to anybody. Sure. And that's a that's a talent that I don't have one-on-one. So I'm always envious. And maybe that's what Ben Affleck was feeling last night, that he was there and he, you know... He's trying to be a good husband and support his wife, but man, he doesn't. You know, he doesn't care about uh, uh, about seeing wet leg. He doesn't care about Maniskin. Yeah, he's a big Abba fan. He might be a big Abba fan. Who was who wasn't? You know, maybe he knows Mary J. Blige, but maybe not. You know, he's a he's a guy from Boston. 
I don't know how much he followed hip hop when it was uh, starting out. You know, somehow I'm guessing not too much. But that's that. Uh, the 414 shocked that Ed Sheeran wasn't nominated or even performed. I don't know why that's shocking. I'm sure it is. I'm sure there are people, but again, that shows just how out of touch I am. All right, speaking of being out of touch, I am out of touch with the clock. So I have to do this before Tommy yells at me on WTMJ. It's First it was the airplanes. We had to start paying for different seats. Now you may be shocked to find out that another place wants to run it by you. You know, if you want to sit in certain areas, you got to pay a little more. We'll talk about all of that and so much more in the second hour of the program. Comes your way on the other side of the news. The day is over, but the night has just begun. This is WTMJ Nights, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Here's your host, Brian Noonan. Every time I hear that, it seems like we're going to a cocktail party. The day is over, but the night's time to swing. Uh, glad you're with us. We're here till 8.30 tonight because then uh, we go to Bucks basketball. The Bucks out on the West Coast. They are in Portland tonight. Uh, all our coverage here on WTMJ starts at 8.30, Bucks basketball. If you want to get involved in the program, 855-616-1620 is the Old National Bank talking text line. Old National Bank, get old. Remember when the first time you were getting on an airplane seat, or an airplane rather, and they said, well, if you want this seat, if you want an aisle seat, it's going to cost you more. If you want to sit in an exit row, it's going to cost you more. If you want to be able to have your legs out, it's going to cost you a little more. And I'm not talking about the difference between first class and coach or business class and coach. I'm talking about all the seats in the quote-unquote coach area, steerage, as I like to call it, because it's where you and I, the great unwashed, are jammed into little seats and told to just shut up and fly. We, uh, you know, people got... People got upset about it, but then we kind of got used to it. And now we see that other places. Oh, if you want, you know, you could come to this, but if you want premium seats or the VIP experience, or you just want a little extra amenities, you can always pay more. Well, for an industry that says it has been struggling, movie theaters are now going to start doing the same thing. And not all movie theaters, but AMC theaters are going to start charging you different prices based on your seat location. So my question to you is, with new seat pricing, which I will explain, are you more or less likely to go watch a movie in the theater? I'm going to tell you right up front, I'm out. I'm having just as much fun, more fun actually, watching movies at home. So here's the thing. So AMC is the country's largest movie chain. They've announced a new plan that is going to change the price of their tickets based on the location of your seat. So here are the three pricing tiers. There is standard sightline. These seats are the most common in auditoriums and are available for the traditional cost of a ticket. Now, those are off to the side, you know, up up a little bit, up front, you know, where you'd go, oh, I don't want to sit down front. You don't want to sit down front because that's value sight line. These seats are in the front row of the auditorium as well as select ADA seats in each auditorium and are available at a lower price than the standard sight line seats. 
Value Sightline pricing is only available to AMC Stubbs members, including the free tier membership AMC Insider. So if you want to sit in the front row for less, you still have to join Stubbs, which I used to be a member of before the pandemic. Then, before I, Tommy, do you have a preferred seat in the theater? When so you go to the now when I go, no, I used to be a railing guy, you know, the first row of railing when they had the crappy seats. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You okay. could flip the seat down so you could have your feet right. up. Now with the dream loungers, I don't think it really matters where I sit in the movie theater. Okay, I am. I'm a guy. As I'm looking at this, I'm a guy who will end up if I do decide to go back, which I doubt, having to sit in the preferred sightline. I like to go about halfway up, maybe a little more, halfway three quarters up into the theater and right in the middle. I like to sit. I, I don't want to move my head. If I were in a neck brace, I want to be able to watch the movie. Right. I don't want to be in the front row either right. by any means. I, I would say that. But, no, I, I, I think the new chairs, as long as you're comfortable in those, the sight line to me is not as important. I like. I agree with you about the comfort of the seats. Some of these, and, and some theaters are starting to get away from there, but when they were first dividing theaters into you know into these small things that are no bigger than watching a movie on your garage door if you're not right in the middle you're not getting the best picture so that's why you would need preferred sight lines these sites are typically in the middle of the auditorium and are priced at a slight premium to standard sightline seats uh, as an added benefit to AMC's most loyal moviegoers, AMC Stubbs A-list members, you may make reservations in the preferred sightline section at no additional cost. Well, isn't that now they leave everything out? Um, they leave everything out of this, but price-wise, they don't tell you. They tell you all the different tiers, but they don't tell you the price. Now, somebody said there's only two or three AMC theaters in all of Wisconsin. This has been Marcus territory for about 40 years. Uh, don't put it past any chain. If this works for AMC, that they're that everybody else isn't going to go, oh, because you, you saw that with the airlines. and You see with everywhere else. Somebody does it first. And AMC can trot it out because they're the biggest in the country. But if it works for them... Everybody else is going to do it. And I I, I will not pay it. I, I don't. Even on the airlines. I'm not going to pay for an exit row, even though would I be more comfortable? Sure. But if I'm trying to, when I fly, I try to fly as cheaply as possible. You know, I'm always yeah. looking for the best deal. I, I mean, you're going to be uncomfortable on a plane, it feels like, no matter what. I mean, I always am, yeah. at least. And, uh, no, I am. I'm 6'5". And I weigh about 250. So, you know, it, it, it's not going to work. Unless I buy one of these first-class pods where I can lay down, I'm always going to be uncomfortable. But I'm not going to pay at a movie theater. You know what they need to do? They need to start enforcing some of these other things that, may, that will get people to come back and enjoy the theater experience. Like ban phones in the theater. And check for outside food so people aren't coming in with, you know, six-course meals wrapped in foil that just stink up the joint. They, you know, they've got to have maybe somebody come in, and I know 
they're supposed to clean during every after every show. But let's be honest, we've all seen the teenagers with the big garbage, uh, big garbage can waiting as we're exiting the theater. Most don't. You know, it, they a cursory job, but we've all stuck to the floor. We've all seen popcorn under there. It's make it make it a really nice experience. I went to a theater in the uh, Cynodome in Los Angeles, and you call ahead, you pick your seat, you buy, make a reservation, and they come in and they enforce the no talking. They've got ushers in there like back in the old days, watching for phones, watching for people talking. They escort people out. It's great. That's why I, I can't see ever going back. What was 855-616-1620? That's the old National Bank talk and text line. One, the first question was, are you more or less likely to go to the theater if there's tiered pricing? And two, what was the last movie you actually went to see in the theaters? We'll talk a little bit more about movies, and then a movie that I enjoyed back in the 90s is getting a reboot. We'll see. Maybe we should uh, reboot some others. Some movie talk on WTMJ Night. Talk a little bit of movies. To be uh, to be specific, the plan that AMC Theaters has to have tiered ticket pricing. So, and these are only for movies after four o'clock. So, if you're going to a matinee, you're still going to get those matinee deals, and you won't have to pay for either standard sightline, value sightline, or preferred sightline. But I think this is a horrible idea. I'm sure I'm going to get outvoted by the public because the public will just, if they want to see movies at the theater, will. Pay whatever, just like people when we, you know, get on planes or we'll pay whatever. But this is the deal. So I was asking if you'd go, if you'd be more or less likely to go if they do this. And what was the last movie you saw? Um, 414 saying something I've been saying and I believe. Why would I pay to go to the movies with, with TVs uh, being so advanced now? Yeah. TVs being so advanced, popcorn being so much cheaper. And... The only people I'm watching the movie with are family or friends, and they don't talk during the movies. Uh, no, I wouldn't go. This from another 414, and I just saw a man named Otto with Tom Hanks. All right. Somebody claiming they're somebody from the Chicago area texting in saying uh, the mall by me is now charging a dollar an hour to park in the closest parking spots to the most popular entrances. Oh, come on. Now we're going to have to pay to park at the mall, too? Ridiculous. Tommy, would you go if they, uh, would you go now if you have to pay a little more or you don't care where you sit? You already said you, you, you're more of a standard sightline guy. Right. Yeah. I'm also all in the camp that the movies came back last year. Like that was one yeah. of the, that was one of the revivals of post pandemic. And I enjoy the movies. I like going to the movies. I go to Marcus theaters over here more than sure. I do AMC. So I don't see this being an issue, but I am in your side of, yeah, it is kind of lame that they're doing that. Yeah, come on. It's, the, the experience is the same. And are they really getting, like, like I said, I don't know because I haven't been to the theater in a while. Are the crowds as packed as they used to be? Uh, then I could, but I they're, they're no. already looking, they're already looking to squeeze stuff. So you've been to, are the, you don't think they're as crowded? I remember seeing Black Panther Wakanda Forever this last year, and that one got a little crowded, I guess. But okay. 
other than that and Top Gun. So it, it's very select on the movies and also on what time you go at. Oh, I sure. you, well, I like that, to yeah. go in the morning more so anyway, like 11 o'clock showings kind of thing. I That's kind of have the best. rest of my day after that. So I, I don't know. I, I'm not a guy who goes to 7 p.m. movies, honestly, because that just is not a way yeah. I want to spend my night at a random place, I guess. But I, no, I don't think it's going to impact me very much. I'm a... Uh... I used to love to go to the theaters, and I'm with you. I loved going in the morning. When I used to uh, work on the road and I could go to matinees and stuff, there were times when I was the only person in the theater. And it couldn't have been better. I felt like Elvis. He had a private screening. It was phenomenal. And I don't think I've gone at a nighttime movie since my wife and I stopped dating. And we, we were actually married. And then we'd go to movies in the afternoon or whatever, because like you, Tommy, it's not, you know, I don't want to eat up the whole night, and I like a little less crowd in the theater. Sure. Because I've been to, I remember, and this, this is old stuff, but I remember like going when Forrest Gump first came out and having to sit like in the second or third row because the theater was packed, and the same with Apollo 13, and it's packed, and then... You know, we're at Apollo 13, and these women who were older than me were like, is this a true story? I wish I was lying when I said that, but I'm not. Oh, is this a true? How You live through it, ladies. What are you talking? That's another. I just, I don't know. I go to theaters to, uh, from the 262 to watch appropriate films that are best viewed there, like Top Gun Maverick, and never eat anything. <laughs> That's willpower. I will say I do miss movie theater popcorn, but... You know, I don't miss having to take out a second mortgage to go and do it. And maybe it's age. Like, if you're in high school or college and dating, that's a great time to go to the movies. You know, that's that was always one of the go-to first dates, is you go to the movies. But now, you know, I have a house with a TV. I don't, I don't really need to. And there's nothing that's come out that I... Now, would I have I watched Top Gun Maverick on TV? And I have one of those sound bars. It's not a you know, nothing, nothing uh, earth shattering. But I got a few rumbles. Now, would it have been better had for me had I seen it on a big screen? It probably would have been a little more impressive, but the movie would have been the same. And I, you know, I cranked up the sound. The dogs got a little nervous when the jets were taken off, so I figured I was doing the right thing. But so I know I know there's people who still love to go. I just can't see paying extra to sit in a certain seat. I right, we got a movie uh, coming up that is being rebooted, so I want to tell you about that one, and then maybe you could share with me a movie that you wish would be rebooted, or if you're like some of us, you're tired of the reboots, of which there'd be some more original stuff. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. That's the old National Bank talk and text line. Old National Bank. Get old. It's Brian Noonan, WTMJ Nights. Is this some uh, Grammy-winning artist that I don't under, that I don't know? I mean, I understand them. No, it is not. I don't. It's uh, John Harvey. Just played it out of the thing. Oh, very nice. Now, see, this is an artist I did not know. I like. This sounds good. 
Caroline saying, Bleh. movies are fun to go, but they're so expensive. I, I go just once, maybe twice a year. Definitely won't be paying extra for the uh, proposed seats. Yeah, do you have the, did I miss it? I was on the phone for a second in the last, or in the first segment of it. Do you have the tiered prices? They don't know. I mentioned that. They give all the information about it, but they don't give the prices. That's, yeah, that's weird. That's Sneaky Pete right there. That's, as the kids like to say, Tommy, that's sketch. Well, you think it's going to be like 20 bucks to sit in one of those three ideal rows? What, what would a, what does a ticket cost now to go to a movie? 12 bucks, 15 bucks? I, I usually go, like I said, for those matinee showings. Matinees so I think it's cheap. right around the 10 to $12 mark. For a matinee? Yeah. Okay. And then uh, it's always more at night. So I'm going to guess for it to make any sense for them to do it, it's got to be at least five bucks more, maybe a little more for the preferred sightline ones because there's only going to be, I'm, I'm theorizing now, but the way they describe it, there's going to be a, like a little grid in the middle of the theater. Right. So the center seats, there's only a couple rows that would probably fit into that grid, you know, like somewhere between the half and three quarters of the way up. So yeah, but if there's that, if there's a limited amount of seats, which there will be, and the limit is very low, then they're going to have to charge more to make up any money, or everybody's just going to go, I'll just sit, you know, I'll sit the seat right next to that section. Yeah, I'm thinking they're going to color code the seats. Yeah, something's going to happen. Or you're going to get a wristband, or there's going to be retinal scans or something. <laughs> right, yeah. When, yeah, gonna it's going to be big time. Social AMC's security going numbers non-stop. are going to be laid across all the seats when you walk in already. There's going to be crime scene tape. Uh, yeah, it's they're, they're going to have... And then you know, you know there's going to be a fight. Because somebody's going to come in and go, well, I paid for preferred sightline. And somebody's I'm not getting This is my seat. And then you got to bring in, you know, the 16-year-old kid who's working at the theater just so he can get his girlfriend some free popcorn. He doesn't want to deal with some idiot. You know. Look at this. Oh, Marcus is still doing all seats on Tuesdays for $5 plus $5 popcorn. Yep, Tuesdays are the day to go. That would entice me. That would entice Tuesday early. You know, like a, a brunch movie. That would entice me. Ten bucks, I'm in. I'm we try good. we try to go to as many Tuesdays. I go with my brother usually most of okay. the time. We go see the Marvel movies a lot of the time. So yeah, we yeah. try to go on Tuesdays as much as possible. But everyone knows the Tuesday deals, so Tuesdays okay. also are very crowded as very well. Very crowded. Now, do they limit the like will they do it? Because some places some theaters always run specials, but then they go, not all the movies are included in this. Does no, Marcus let sure everybody it's all in the on movies? Tuesdays? Yeah, nice. I think we, well, that's I think we saw Doctor Strange on a Tuesday when it came out, like first week. Or whatever, something like that. So I think that's high profile enough. I mean, it's no Top Gun, but yeah. That's still still a good one. Uh, we got a quick movie that's going to be rebooted. We're going to talk about that. And then, since we I've been mentioning plane seats, oh boy. A woman has had a run-in for a reason that uh, makes me crazy, and I think it will make you crazy as well. But we will talk about all of that on the other side of the news because it's 7.30 and that means it's time to go to the WTMJ Breaking News Center. Wyatt Barmore Pooley is waiting. Thank you. How much can I be expected to tolerate? Welcome back. You didn't go anywhere. Neither did we, really. 
Uh, we went to the newsroom to hear from Wyatt. We're going to be here till 8.30, and then it's Bucks at Portland tonight. West Coast swing for the Bucks, so we will be here every night early uh, leading up to those games. Glad you are with us. I was mentioning that there was a movie that I'm, I'm a little bit excited about, which seems odd. It's getting rebooted. I don't usually like reboots because I'm of the opinion that we see so many remakes and reboots that there have to be original ideas. And then original ideas come out and they don't, they don't do very well. Uh, and, and I say that knowing that, you know, the Spider-Man movies have been rebooted about 87 times. Started out with Tobey Maguire, then we went to Andrew Garfield. Now we're with uh, oh, what's who's playing Spider Man now? Tom Tommy? Holland. Tom Holland. He's a I, Tom Holland is the only one that actually seems, and I know he's actually older, but he can portray a high school kid. I think better than the others. I like Tom Did Holland. Not, yeah, I like Tom Holland as Spider Man a lot, a lot, and I like Tobey Maguire because he was the first one, and he he brought something to it. Did not care for Andrew Garfield as uh, Spider-Man. I was indifferent about it. I, I mean, I don't know if I have a favorite necessarily. I like all of them. I can find a movie that I enjoyed from all three of them. I, I, the first ones, yes, I agree. The second ones, your adjective of indifferent was good. That's how I felt because it came, the reboot came very quickly after the original Spider-Man movies. Sure. So I was indifferent about it, and then when I did watch them, I was like, I was underwhelmed by Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man. And then by the time Tom Holland made his uh, appearance in the Avengers as Spider-Man, and that was a big deal. Oh, they they finally got Spider-Man, and his movies I have found very enjoyable. The last one with the metaverse, eh, good, but I'm I'm not a metaverse guy. Oh, you didn't like Spider-Verse, really? No, I there's I have a weird thing with time travel and I've never been a time travel kind of fan and the metaverse it, it confused me a little bit and I've seen it a couple times. So <laughs> I'm trying to get it because I know the metaverse is the thing now. Everybody's in the metaverse. Yeah, that's I, one of my that's one of my favorites, I would say of the series, of the franchise itself. I did. I liked when all the Spider-Men were together, uh, you know, and I thought Andrew Garfield kind of caught them having his Peter Parker cop to the fact that he was kind of boring. Um, I liked that. But I'm not sure how the metaverse works. Oh, you're talking about the new, new one, not, yeah, not the new, like new one. Miles Morales as Spider-Man. Have you seen that one? No. The cartoon one? Oh, the cartoon one I have not. No. Oh, that's one of my favorites. I think you would like that one. I, I started watching it. I made the mistake of watch, starting to watch it when I was very tired and I fell asleep. Fair enough. Fair enough. So it wasn't that I was bored by it. I was just, I I conked out. And very good soundtrack back. in that one, too. Really? Yeah, very good All music, right. I think, throughout the whole thing. It, it's a fun experience. I saw There's that one pig, in the theater, right? too. There's a pig, right? There's a spider pig. Yep, yep. What's his deal? Uh, he's... Spider-Man in the pig universe. I don't. I don't know. That's like. Oh, there's a whole is. pig universe. Right. It's into the Spider Verse, and that's kind of right. like along the lines of multiverse. There's all different okay. dimensions and different Holy types cow. of Spider-Man in these dimensions. You don't see all of them and have a storyline for all of them. There's only right. two or three of them that get a storyline, but they bring out a lot of them. 
Well, this is what's worrying me about the new Ant-Man movie. Because they're in some quantum realm, too. Right. And I, boy, are we just running out of stories in this universe? And I know that's weird. I know what I'm talking about fantasy and superhero movies. I shouldn't be that, that uh, you know, anchored to reality. But my mind just doesn't work that way. Anyway, this one is anchored in reality, this reboot. Uh, I know what you did last summer. Did you see that? You're young. I don't know. Would you have seen it? It was in, came out in 97. Uh, you know, I've never seen it, but I definitely have heard of it and know the concept of the movie. It was actually a pretty good horror movie that starred a lot of young, young, hot actors and actresses at that point. Uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt, who, dreamy, let's just say it. Uh, she was in it. She, Freddie Prinze Jr., Sarah Michelle Gellar. Ryan Philippe and Johnny Galecki and the late Anne Heche. They were all in it. It was a good movie, basically, and I'm not spoiling it. Premises, uh, these four friends uh, kill a guy in a hit and run, and they dispose of the body without telling anybody. And then a hooked maniac starts coming after him, well, after the summer. And the, the first one was pretty scary. Like a lot of these movies, they're, the first one in the series is great. You know, Scream, the first one was terrific. Uh, Friday the 13th, the first one was kind of scary. Then it just gets crazy. And there are all the sequels then are ripping off parts of the original and not getting it right. But this one so far, they said uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt and Freddie Prinze Jr. are on board. It's just in the development stages. And that's always good. I was trying to think all day when I saw this story. I was like, oh, I just want to bring this up as a little thing. But then I started thinking, are there any movies that I would want to see rebooted? And I don't think so. Because if I loved a movie enough to want to see it again, I was thinking of you know some of my favorite movies, would I want to see it rebooted even with the original cast? Now, The Last Scream brought back a number of the original cast members. And it was okay. You know, I was it was really the only scream I had watched since I saw the second one. So I watched the first two screams. I don't know how many there were in the interim. And then I watched this latest one. And it was all right. And it was kind of fun to see the original characters, Nev Campbell and uh, Courtney Cox and David Arquette and stuff. But, you know, I'd rather just watch the watch the originals. Do you have any movies, Tommy, you're like your favorites that you would want to see redone? Yeah, so when you brought this up, I was trying to think in my head, and it's definitely a hard question to think about, because if you do enjoy the movie, you just want to watch the original. Yeah. I, I also think that movies with a really strong plot, like the ones that you kind of like, I mean, you know, the nominated kind of movies are not good ideas <laughs> for it. So yeah. the movie that came to my mind when I was thinking about it was Liar Liar with Jim Carrey. Okay, uh, when he's I remember the lawyer. seeing that. Yeah, and I, I don't know, just think that he could do it. He could come back, be a lawyer in today's world on some dumb case or whatever, and he can't tell the or he can't tell a lie, which is all he does. Spoiler alert for the movie, but right. I, I mean that that was like the first one that came to my mind. Whereas like I like that movie, and I think that they could pull something like that off today. All right, I re I remember that being funny. Back when I saw it, I was, I missed out, I missed out on the, like, the Ace Ventura bandwagon with Jim Carrey. Sure. I saw Dumb and Dumber, and it irritated me, because they were so dumb. Um, 
But I like I like Jim Carrey. I liked him in stuff. And I, I remember thinking Liar Liar was pretty good. So all right, and you would want him back. Was there any other big cast member in that one? I can't remember. Who was it? Was it his wife or another attorney? Oh uh, yeah, his wife is a famous actress. I got to look that okay. up now. I got to look that up. One second. Yeah. And I, while you're doing that, I am going to answer this question: How do you define or discriminate uh, reboot from a sequel? Uh, a reboot it disregards any stuff that has happened in the, a sequel is just a continuation or the same characters in a new kind of story. A reboot goes back to the beginning and basically redoes the original. So there's not going to be a lot of changes. It's going to be the same basic thing. Whereas a sequel, sometimes the characters evolve, sometimes they die. There's different there. It kind of continues along in a timeline and the reboot goes all the way back to the beginning. That's that's the best best thing I could say. Um, reboots usually come after a lot of different uh, sequels, and maybe a lot of sequels that have gone far, far away from the original. And so then they come in, they go back to acknowledge the first one, and then change it just enough, like. If in Tommy's example, Jim Carrey is not the same guy he was, the as young as he was. So obviously, he's the same guy, but in a different time, doing some different things. But it's they don't they don't talk about any of the crazy sequels. They go back and you know they acknowledge the first one, but nothing else. Yeah, and I think that superhero movies are an easy cop out for something to be rebooted you can just change the character up a little bit and have a di right. different storyline uh it's mara tyranny from er is the wife her. yes so i love her i i knew i knew her name i just couldn't think of it so that yeah she's she's the wife in that movie um no one else i really recognize too much from the list but she's she's really a really good actress and there's something about her that just I find really appealing. You know, she's got that approachability look. You know, she's she's pretty in that way that you would see, you know, a pretty woman just at the mall. She's not like some glossy supermodel. She's like, wow, that woman looks uh, looks pretty nice. I could probably talk to her. But she was in American Rust on Showtime. She was fantastic. Fantastic. All right. Uh, so there's the difference. Uh, I would love to see a remake of the Star Chamber, updated for today's ever-divided principles of justice and ideals of courts and political parties. Boy, that's, a, that's an old one, the Star Chamber. It was Michael Douglas. I'm trying to think who else was in Star Chamber. We'll look it up. We'll do that. Uh, yeah, Star Chamber was came out in 1983. Just the year after you were born, Tommy. Nailed it. Thanks. I was paying attention. Hal Holbrook, Michael Douglas, and Yafit Koto. There's three names you don't hear too much anymore. Yafit Koto was in a million movies. And so is Hal Holbrook. The other character in Liar Liar was the opposing attorney, a female redhead. Oh, all right. Tommy, you got to do a little more research on your uh, your liar, liar. Uh, you can do that while we do this on WTMJ Nights. I love uh, when people on planes 
believe that they are entitled to whatever they want just because they have a family member with them and they're going to ask. We've heard stories like this before. This is the latest one. It always amazes me. But this one has a twist that you may not see coming. We've all heard stories, right, of somebody asking a person to change seats because they want to sit with their family. Well, this uh, New York-based TikToker, she was on a, on a flight. She had paid extra for the window seat. And a mom asked her to swap seats with the woman's teenage son. Now, first of all, you got a teenager. They probably wouldn't mind sitting without their mommy on the plane. But, you know, we'll leave that. So this woman is 23. She's on the plane, like I said. She, the woman walks over, asks her, and the, the, the 23-year-old is like, well, um, I asked the woman where she wanted me to move, and she said a middle seat a few rows back. First of all, you asked me to move, I'm going to say no. Secondly, you offer me a middle seat in exchange for my window seat. Uh, I'm going to tell you, are you insane? No. Then she says, she told the woman, no, I really don't want to. She finds out, she says, well, where's your son? The guy comes up, he's about 17 and he's six foot five. And she, <laughs> the woman's like, absolutely not. So, of course, everybody, oh, man, everybody's all up in arms. But in this case, most people sided with her, as I would too. Now, I don't, listen, it's your responsibility as a parent, if you want to sit next to your kid, to get that seat. And maybe if it's a five-year-old, I'm going to, if I'm in a good mood, which, Tommy, you know, happens three times a year. So the chances of that... Not good. But if it's a small child, I may be persuaded out of the goodness of my heart and desire for you to give me $50 to move to another seat. But if some giant teenager comes up, there is, there is absolutely no way. That is mommy's responsibility if you want to sit with your teenage son. Well, the mom got all bent out of shape. She's cursing at her under her breath the whole time. She's uh, giving her dirty looks, the whole thing. A lot of people supporting her, even Expedia, you know, .com. They spoke out in support of her, saying that she is not in the wrong. Most people say it's she's not in the wrong. I agree with it. I Here's what I don't understand. We, we can all agree that this woman was not in the wrong. Where do you get the stones to make that request? What kind of person thinks this is the right thing to do on a flight, to go up to a stranger and ask that your full-grown man of a teenage son be able to sit next to you because he doesn't want to sit you know, away from mom in a middle seat a couple rows back. This, this The air of entitlement that's going on, and I, I guess it's been going on for a while, that's the part I don't understand. Like I said, we can back, we back this woman 100% saying, that, uh, saying no. I have to be honest. I see all these stories, and I hear this all the time. I don't think on a flight I have ever been asked to move. Maybe be granted. Now we've already covered uh the Tommy and I are physical specimens. 
we are men not to be trifled with, right. especially on an airline. Manly men. Manly men. A lot of flannel, a lot of chest hair, uh, you know. Tommy Bahamas. Sure. Oh, man, the big Tommy Bahamas. Right. You got to cover it, cover it up, dress it up, show that's it us. off. Yeah, that's yeah, that's it. That is us. You don't come. You don't. We, maybe we got our ba- our sunglasses on backwards, you know, on the back of our head because we're cool like that. We don't want to put them away. That's how the kids do it, right? That is how the kids do it. All the bros, all the frat bros. You know, we're wearing a, a golf hat, not not a nice, uh, you know, like newsboy hat, like a, a hat that just says ping so or title. If if the mom asks, do you have a problem with that? Just in general, I mean, I yes, think, I think that. There's no shame in asking in a situation like that, but you kind of have to accept the results. Like, ask, Again, if, someone if your child me, is five, it's fine to ask right. that question. If your child is 17 and a grown man, no. No, you don't get to ask that question. Because trust me, even if it's an overseas flight and it doesn't seem like, it doesn't seem like this is, it seemed domestic, your son can sit a couple rows behind you for you know a few hours. Maybe strikes up a conversation yeah. with somebody. I, I I mean, like I said, have to respect the results of it, no matter how it happens. But I mean, I, I would have no problem if someone asked me, and I just say no or whatever, and you know that be on their way after that. I don't think she's allowed to get mad, but, but if someone did, is okay see? with it, yeah, I mean, I why don't, not? I don't. I have because where I don't understand your sense of autonomy that you can get someone. You think someone can move? We paid for these seats. This woman paid extra for that seat. The mom didn't offer to pay the difference. Oh, okay. All right. She just, no. She just wanted that seat for her uh, bouncing baby boy who was 6'5". All right. We got we got to do this, and uh, then it'll be news. There's a lot going on. Are we done? No. We're here till 830 because the Bucks are in Portland. It's WTMJ Nights. This is what happens after this on WTMJ. The day is over, but the night has just begun. This is WTMJ Nights, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Here's your host, Brian Noonan. We are here until 8.30, then it's Bucks basketball. The Bucks are out in Portland taking on the Blazers, Trail Blazers. So uh, all your coverage coming up at 8.30. Going back real quick to a couple of texts. We were talking about reboots of movies. Tommy wants a reboot of Liar Liar. Somebody else wants a Jim Carrey movie. Taylor in River Hill says he would have liked to see a sequel to The Truman Show with Jim Carrey and Goonies with the original cast. Goonies, I'm embarrassed, a movie I never saw. But I know people love it. Wow. And Mike's, are you a Goonies man, Tommy? I wouldn't say I'm Goonies man, but I've definitely seen the movie. I know it's about kids. I know they're Goonies. There Goonies, you go. Nailed uh, it. Spo- spoiler they, they, alert. Come on. They've got a thing. Goonies, uh, there's like a, what's their saying? They got a mantra. Uh, Goonies don't quit or something like that? Oh, uh, man. Gosh, now I'm going to look like a fraud out here. I don't remember that. No, I, I put you on the spot. We didn't have Goonie talk uh, set up for eight, for the 8 o'clock half hour. I, I just know Truffle Shuffle. Hey, you guys. That's it. Truffle Shuffle. Yeah, That's what I'm you thinking go. Okay. Right. There you go. The Truffle Shuffle. Uh, Mike says, how about a reboot of It's a Wonderful Life with modern economy circumstances and reality? Uh, Mike, that would be oh so depressing. I don't, I, I don't know. I, uh, I love the internet for a number of reasons, but one reason is you can always look things up 
to figure out how to do something. Uh, I learned how to tie a bow tie by watching internet things. I've learned how to change batteries in, we have a, an alarm system on the house, and I couldn't figure out how to change the battery. Well, I go on, boom, I'm watching videos on YouTube. I'm getting all that kind of stuff. Anything you can, anything you want to learn, you can find out on the internet. That's a great thing. It's also a really, really dumb thing for some projects. Like, I don't know, do-it-yourself dental work? Oh, yes, people are, people are doing this. People are posting things on social media to allegedly tell you how you can do dental work at home. Because we all know dental work is very expensive. It's hard. If you don't have, even if you have dental insurance, it's still really expensive to go to the dentist. And since most of us don't want to go to the dentist anyway, people figure, well, we can put these videos up. And guess what? There's people that are dumb enough to, dumb enough to follow them. Tommy, if you had a little dental work you needed done, would you uh, go to a DIY video and do it yourself at home? No, I, I hate the Thank dentist, God. and I could not do anything like that on myself. I, I, I just couldn't. No way. No, it's all right. So here's some of the things that uh, that people are doing at home. One clip teaches people how to close gaps between their teeth with dental cement and an earring. Another shows viewers how to shorten their teeth with sandpaper. Oh, my God. I know. Just reading that sentence makes my toes curl and not in a fun way. Another one reveals an easy way to remove braces with a spoon. Jeez. Uh-huh. Well, as you can imagine, the dental community is not behind this at all. I think most of us have enough sense to know that this is a really bad idea. But, unfortunately, that's why we have, you know, warning labels on shampoo and warning labels on your hairdryer not to use this in the bathtub because there are people who just don't get it. According to uh, somebody from the University Dental Group, they generally cause permanent damage, these DIY hacks, that could cost a lot of money to repair. And if you need to be told that, well, come over. I've got, you know, I've got some DIY home surgery videos that you could do. Got a gallbladder problem? Follow my video. You'll take your gallbladder out. Do I guarantee you'll survive? Absolutely not. But, you know, that's the way it goes. Uh, when you have people, according to the doctor, when you have people moving teeth at a certain rate, they're just randomly doing that. It's scary. Your teeth can become mobile doing that. Loose teeth cause more pain, and depending on how far that goes, you may lose your teeth. Uh, there was a woman who used the dental cement and an earring to close the gaps. She will likely, according to the dentist, face much bigger issues down the road. She won't be able to floss. She's going to have problems around her gums. She's going to have problems with her function, with chewing, etc. Uh, now, I have, I have a little chip in my front tooth that my daughter gave me when she was a baby because I was holding her and... She was like, it was an infant, so you know she had control of her neck. Um, she was maybe two. She was a toddler, and I was holding her, and we were playing, and she accidentally headbutted me, and she tip, chipped my tooth. Now I thought 
Uh, it'd probably be easy to just sand that down a little bit, but it's not a big chip, and I wasn't going to sand it myself. And when I do go to the dentist, I'm like, ah, it's not worth it. I'm not that, you know, I don't need all my teeth to look like artificial choppers like uh, Matt Dillon in There's Something About Mary. My teeth are fine. But that's what that's what that is. Uh, what have you used the Internet for? What have you found a DIY situation for? Because this is not just one person. And 920 Texter, you've got knobs on your radio to turn it off if you do not like what we're talking about. Um, like I said, I found some useful DIY hacks, but the fact that people are doing this, you could say it's just dumb, which I have. You could also say... It's a symptom of a bigger problem, which is medical care and dental care is so price prohibitive that people are willing to do this in order not to pay. Just in order to be able to save money, which I don't know. But this is this is happening. If you've used some DIY hacks and you want to share, 855-616-1620 is the old National Bank talk and text line. We have some dumb criminals and a lot more. We've got about uh, 15 more minutes before Bucks basketball on WTMJ. Bucks basketball coming up at 8.30. Until then, it's WTMJ Nights with me, Brian Noonan. Indiana has passed a bill that I never thought I would hear. I didn't know there was a reason that we needed to pass a bill, but they have now uh, legalized throwing stars in Indiana. So if you have a desire to be a ninja, you can go to Indiana and... Uh, you ever used a throwing star, Tommy? No, no, but that's the first headline we've read that's made me actually laugh out loud on my own. That that was a good <laughs> That's one. Good. That's a good headline. Yes. That's a really good one. I like that. Right. We're going to legalize throwing stars. Here Do, we can go. Can you have a certain amount on you? Uh, now I'm very well, curious about this. I, I, I'm glad that you are because I, I want to explain because I saw the headline and like you, I was drawn in. It was almost clickbaity, but then I went, there's got to be something else because this is now a state law. Um, the idea for Senate Bill 77 came from a constituent who owns a putt-putt golf course called Ninja Golf. That's according to a state senator. One of the lawmakers, uh, Linda Rogers is her name. She's one of the lawmakers that was backing this. Throwing stars are currently illegal in Indiana, but the bill is going to lift that ban for recreational use. So you can't use them professionally, Tommy. You can only use them for fun. Don't get crazy. Star throwing is allowed in other states where it's frequently found, they said, in axe throwing businesses. Sure. So, yeah, now I've gone and thrown. Have you gone and thrown an axe? I have. No, I haven't. It's always something I need to get to. It's fun. Axe throwing is fun. Throwing stars seem a little more precarious, to be quite honest with you. Um, according to the state senator, they said uh, a lot of people she talked to said if we could throw axes, we could certainly throw throwing stars. Okay, they're trying to add additional safety measures to the bill. Uh, they say those need to be considered since throwing a star is different from throwing an axe. And man, this is what state legislatures are debating now. 
Well, listen, we throw axes. We got to have throwing stars. Well, we can't just have people throwing stars all over. We've got to have certain extra safety measures. This is what this is the important the important issues of our day. So uh, they're saying they're going to try to uh, first they're going to make it so everybody's got to wear Kevlar gloves. Uh, the stars are only going to be permitted in certain businesses. And children ages 12 to 17 could only throw stars with a parent's written permission. Why do you need to go somewhere to learn to use throwing stars? Is that your home defense system? You know, well, I don't want to have a gun in the house, but I've got a whole sock drawer full of throwing stars. Uh, there's, they're trying to get fencing between the lanes. But you have that, I'm trying to remember, at the axe-throwing place, if there were... No, there were just lanes, but there were no fences. Because, you know, throwing an axe, you're throwing it straight. They don't usually bounce back, and nobody's going in to get it till everybody's thrown. Uh, according to uh, according to this other legislator, legislator, they're a ton of fun. And I think as long as we're being safe and we're educating people about them, I think it's absolutely something we should allow. The bill passed the Senate on a 48 to 1 vote. Who's that one killjoy who doesn't want to have throwing stars in Indiana? I don't know. But yes, this is this is the important work. I get I guess I never thought about axe throwing either till it opened. So now we'll go throw stars. We'll take a road trip to Indiana, Tommy. We'll go throw some oh, stars. I'm so down. Let's do that it. That would be crazy. That would be so, that's <laughs> the content. Come on. Let's do it. Well, yeah, I mean, and think about think about all the times you've seen in movies like the Octagon, any of those Chuck Norris movies, any martial arts movies. The guys with the throwing stars are pretty cool. Taylor says uh, we used to have them as a kid and use them like darts, pretending they were someone's head. <laughs> Kim Lee's on Wisconsin Avenue used to sell them. All right, Taylor's uh, Taylor's practicing throwing them at humans as a child, so that's uh, that's. I don't know. I'm I'm worried now. We'll get that good. We'll get that good eventually. We will get that good. Cause I I had fun. I did pretty well throwing the axe once I got once I got the the motion down. It's all muscle memory. It is. And you start man, you start drilling those bullseyes. You feel like you could be out in the wilderness, taking care of business, cutting down trees, skinning a bar, doing all kinds of stuff. Meanwhile, you're just standing in a you know a storefront in a strip mall throwing an axe at an old piece of plywood. But it was fun. Fun. So now we'll go to Indiana. We'll up the fun. And hopefully we get some good customer service so we don't end up like a certain man who I will tell you about after this on WTMJ Nights. All right, I have shocked Tommy with the revelation uh, that I didn't see a movie he wanted to reboot. After we've been talking about throwing stars, Tommy, what movie did you say we should reboot? It's said Beverly Hills Ninja. And you were surprised to hear that I have not seen Beverly Hills Ninja. Yeah, I'm surprised. I would have thought you'd seen all the Chris Farley movies. I saw, well, I saw Tommy Boy. I saw Black Sheep. I loved him. Um, but yeah, Beverly Hills Ninja, I just, it was one that came out and I was like, eh, I'll pass. I don't know why. I was probably seeing something else crazy in 97 when that movie came out. But who's going to see that so you can't you can't reboot a movie with a dead star. Could could you who could do who could do it because anybody who tries is going to be compared to Chris Farley and probably 
wildly unfavorably. Right. Yeah. It's a hard guy. Wisconsin legend, uh, comedy oh, yeah. legend. I, I don't know how you could replace him by any means. So unless it's a hard did he have one. a did he have a romantic scene in like was he with a lady at any point during the movie? No, he, not really. There's like okay. always he thinks he's gonna get a lady, but doesn't the whole time too. Right. But so you couldn't have it come out that like his son that he didn't know he had. Is suddenly taking over the ninja business? No, not really. Not not right, not really so throughout there. No. Yeah. Well, no. That's it. listen. That's as dumb as any Hollywood idea that's out there. But Fair I was enough. trying to think how you could reboot it with somebody else, and it would just have to be if it was his kid. Because looking at Chris Farley, are there any actors now? There's nobody who can who can do the physicality that he did. Right. And there's really. Not too many big guys at that age, because he was young when he did. So, if I understand the storyline correctly, he's a young clumsy ninja. Yes. So you would need a a young clumsy actor coming up. Yeah, I don't have anyone off the top of my head. But... No, and there's nobody there, like there was no predecessor of his on SNL that could do it, because there hasn't been anybody even closely resembling him since he died. So I don't know. I don't know if your reboot will work. I know you were all caught up in the moment with the throwing stars. I know. I was just so happy about it. In I understand. Break. Listen, you want to move to Indiana? You want to open a little throwing star? Sounds like emporium? they're legal here. We could just open up a throwing star business here. We have to check if they're uh, if throwing stars are legal in Wisconsin because they they aren't in a lot of states. Even states that do have axe throwing, it's still not you know. But then we gotta, you know, can make our own with forks distributor. or something. Yeah, we got. I gotta get some uh, some uh, steelworker guys, some sheet metal guys to show me how to grind them out. It sounds like a big hassle. All right, listen, we gotta get re- we gotta re- get ready to get out of here because Bucks basketball is coming up. They are out in Portland, which is in Oregon. You know that they're taking on the Trailblazers, and um, we gotta make sure we are. Uh, we are there for that. Now, tomorrow we're back, but we have a shortened show. Thing, the schedule got changed a little bit. We'll be on from 6 to 7 tomorrow, Tommy, because uh, then we moved up We moved up Bucks Talk with Justin an hour because the president wants to chit-chat with all of us and give us the State of the Union tomorrow night. Super so pumped. the State of the Union will be live here on uh, WTMJ starting at 8 o'clock. But we got to go now for Bucks basketball. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of the program. Tommy, thank you. It is always a pleasure to work with you. Talk to you all tomorrow night at 6 here on WTMJ.